We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Coming at you from the Las Vegas Fight Shop in the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas. Once again, I'm Kel Dansby. And it's Andreas Hill. Another week, same old thing, except this week is a little different because Views comes out. And Andreas is just happy as hell that his man Drake is dropping a classic. Hey, I like Drake. I think Drake is actually a dope artist. But with this track list and dropping and people judging the track list... That's a whole lot of shut the fuck up. Like, come on, man. Can the, can the album come out first? Like, before I was getting mad because people called it a classic after one listen. Now you motherfuckers is calling it a classic without even hearing it. You don't got to hear it. You heard one single and got a couple words on the track listing, and they know it's a classic. That's ridiculous. People got to cut it out, man. It's just, you're, you're doing a disservice to the music. Like, we'll, we'll talk about Beyonce, too, but, yo, chill out. Can, like, let the album come out, please. Please let it come out. Well... By the time most people hear this, they're going to actually hear the Drake album, so you'll have reassurance that it is a classic, because they're going to listen once or twice, and then say, Andres, we told you, the track listing told us that it's a classic. It's ridiculous. Hail Six God. Like a lot of thoughtlessness, you know, people just want to be the first one to say anything, like... Why can't you just shut the fuck up? Like, I don't understand it. Like, I'm, you can tell like, this upsets me. Just be quiet. Like, when Beyonce's Lemonade dropped and we were at UFC 197, and usually, you know, I don't, people don't beat me to music because that's what I do. But I was at a fight, so I didn't get to listen to it. And plus, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan, so I didn't have an urge to run home and listen to it. So I waited like 24 hours. So I'm looking at my timeline, like, this is the greatest album ever. If she doesn't get a Grammy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it made me not like it before I even listened to it. That's the same place I'm at right now. It's like, 
I can't bring myself to actually listen to the album because now, one, my expectations are through the roof. So it's only going to disappoint me. And then two, like all the backstory of it, or is it Jay-Z she's talking about? Is it just a story? Is this the Becky with the good hair? Like, I'm done. I'm done with all the conversations. Shout out to Rachel Ray. She was like my 1999 bae on the Food Network. Beehive did her dirty. I, I just don't understand. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, that was the other problem. It was Rachel Roy, not Rachel, Rachel Ray. Ray. And everybody wanted, got a Rachel Ray. She's like, what did I do? I just cooked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even Rachel Ray's anything. a huge hip-hop fan, too, by the way. Yeah, so, but I mean, like, I, you know, I listen to Beyonce. I mean, it's not a bad album, but it's just like when things happen like that, when people have these knee-jerk reactions, calling things classic, you ruin the listening experience for other people. Is it classic, though? Like, nah, you've listened to it. It's not a classic. It's a good album. If you relate to it, it's a great album. I personally don't relate to it because it has nothing to do with me. That's fair. I would hope you're not, like, internally scorned and this just let nah. it all out of you. Look, Beyonce made a good album. Um... I do, people are going to like the B.I. come at me about this, but I do question her newfound blackness, though. Like, <laughs> she's been, I get it, you know, she's been so corporate for so long that I understand that you can't do certain things, like, but this newfound blackness that she's adopted, I don't know if it's always been part of her or not. Are you and saying it's timely? It could be, because it was, it's black, you know, blackish, you know, black underground. Black lives matter. Black, like, it, this is all very convenient. Like, I've been, I've been black since day one. I've talked about black issues for years. Before it was cool. Not saying that's what Beyonce's doing, but you get a little confused. You can't figure out who the real Beyonce is. I would hope that you've been black since day one. If not, that's a problem. I don't think you can just turn black. I mean, Michael Jackson was black when he started. He shipped. That's a joke. Never mind. Poor taste. Recipes, Michael Jackson. I'm not gonna do that. But I'm just saying, like, that's one of the things why I appreciate it. I thought it was great that she did it. I just wish that she would have been like this for. Maybe she had a spiritual awakening. I don't know. But um, maybe having the kids did it. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was Jay Z opened her up to some new things. Who knows? But it's just really interesting how black she has become lately. And I commend her for being as daring as she was on this project because you know she's she's a little ratchet Beyonce, she's a little hood Beyonce. You know, it's, it sounds like she got a little salons in her lately. Um, but it's a good album. It's it's just not classic. It's not great. And I'm sure Drake's album is gonna be a good. I like all of Drake's albums. It's not a Drake album that I don't like. But, man, can I just listen to the damn thing first, you know? Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to like some tracks off the Drake album. Um, I probably won't like the Jamaican tracks on the J Drake album. I, I like my Jamaican reggae music to come from reggae artists, personally. Uh, it's cool, you know, having a little bit of that flavor in there and influence, but I don't need him, you know, just randomly cutting into, like, some random patois, like he's Wyclef or something. I, I, I don't understand it. I know there's a huge Jamaican influence in Canada, Toronto especially. Yeah. Uh, my boys in NY like who are Jamaican got mad family out there, so I understand. But Drake's not one of them. Drake's like the greatest chameleon in hip-hop. Like for a second, he was from like Tennessee because he got cousins there. And then he was with the Young Money, and then he went to Thug Drake, and then now he's Jamaican Drake. It, it, it's hard for me to keep up with. You know, like Drake would be a great Simpsons character. You, like you put dreads dread on him, he's Jamaican Drake. Cause he's yellow, right? So like, like the Simpsons, like Bart and them are yellow, and he could be a different way. He's like he just he morphs. He is really good at that. But again, we'll talk about the album next week because I don't feel like pining over a track list. I don't care. And to be honest with you, I listened to Pop Style once, and everybody's like going crazy about this song sucks. I I just like the dance video. I'm just indifferent. I don't care. Let just I'm gonna wait till the album drops and I'll, I'll soak it in and I'll write my review. As long as girls keep doing the dutty wine to it, it's it's definitely one of my favorite songs of the summer just because of that. I don't got to hear the lyrics. I don't care. 
uh, moving on, though, something we are in the midst of and what we're here to talk about is the UFC. And now that UFC 197 is done and we're kind of just rushed into UFC 200. It's like UFC 198 and 199, which are amazing cards, don't matter right now. It's all about 200, thanks to Mr. McGregor and his whole stance on the matter. And now we see John Jones and Daniel Cormier announced for the main event. And I'm not mad at it. I think it's just as big as it was with Conor for a hardcore fan. For, you know, the casual audience, they're missing out on a ton of money with Conor. But outside of that, we're going to get a great fight, in my opinion. The buildup is going to be amazing because these two genuinely dislike each other. And the press conference in New York showed that. I, like, I've said this before. Like, the back-and-forth banter is great, but this fight doesn't excite me. I don't know. Like, John Jones dominated Daniel Cormier in the first fight. What's going to be different in the second fight? This isn't a fight like the Diaz-McGregor fight was different because you wonder now, like with full preparation at 170, if given Conor's dynamic striking, given his, his gas tank, would he expend less energy in that fight? That fight's more interesting. This fight's not interesting to me. It doesn't move the needle. Nobody was buying this, the uh, UFC 197 when Cormier was on it. The same people were going to buy it. I don't think this really boosts the card. Granted, it's good that it's there. I'm glad John Jones is headlining 200. But I prefer Diaz McGregor any day. I just don't know what we're going to get. I mean, to me, the first fight was so uneven. It was Connor dominating the first round and into the second, and then gassing and Diaz dominating for two minutes fight over. Yeah. I think we can see more of the same because Connor's fighting outside of his weight class. Diaz, although you know he's a great boxer and he can talk and he's funny, he's not an elite fighter, in my opinion. He just was better than Connor at that weight. Styles make fights, and Connor put himself in the worst stylistic matchup possible because of the weight, because of the chin of Diaz at that weight, and in general, and I didn't want to see it again. Um, so you don't think that John Jones has a distinct physical advantage to dominate Daniel Cormier all over again? John Jones has a distinct advantage over everyone he st steps into so Octagon again. But that's what I'm talking You, you can't no find a heavyweight that I want to say that statement is true for. There's no drama in, Cor in Cormier Jones. And even though the I, I think it's a closer matchup uh, as far as entertainment-wise. Because that's not me saying that Conor can't beat Nate. I, I think Conor would beat Nate. But Conor's fight is with cardio and with 170 pounds. If he can just pepper Nate all time and outpoint him, he would win. If Conor did his best Mayweather impression, John Jones touched on that earlier. He was like, he's smart, a, a smart fight, a mature fight. If Conor did that, He'd beat Nate, we'd call it a day, be out of there, some trash talk, and he'd have to go back down to 145. I can cut He's out not the, going back down to 145. I can cut out the middleman, just go back down to 145. Do something at 155. 170 confuses me. Connor's trash talk, even though entertaining, wouldn't have been the same because he lost. And John Jones and DC both have reasons to trash talk. DC is the champion. John Jones beat him. It, it's such a great dynamic. I don't think so. I DC think, called him a druggie today. Yeah, I mean, that was funny. Like they said, the build is funny, but the fight is not intriguing to me. Like you've named every reason why Conor Diaz is more intriguing than John Jones. Nothing in anything that you said says Cormier has a chance to beat John Jones. So you like the different possibilities of, of the Conor Of course, fight. that's what drama's all about. When I watch fights, I want to go to a fight not knowing what's going to happen. I know what John Jones is going to do to Cormier for five rounds. I know the final outcome. I don't know how we're going to get there. The final like, outcome is John Jones leaving with his hand raised. What, what does Cormier do that's different? He can't get over the physical advantages that John Jones has. He's, he's not in, his boxing hasn't improved. He's oh, the same wrestler. John's boxing hasn't improved. Um, 
Cormier, I, I think, can improve his cardio, which for the first three rounds, I thought that was a good fight. Cormier won one round, I'd say. It was 2-1, and then John's dominated. Yo, this is Bradley Pacquiao. This is what we're talking about here. You're talking about Bradley Pacquiao. Where there's no real way that you can see this man winning this fight, but you're just excited at the, the back and forth and the possibility that maybe Cormier got better, maybe Jones slipped. None of this is going to be relevant. Just better, like, to give me a good fight. McGregor Diaz, it's, it was sloppy. Is, it, is that bad? Like, it was just, it wasn't technically sound because they weren't at their best. No, and then they'll be at their best. They would have had all this time to prepare. Well, Connor, better fight. Connor messed that up then. Hey, he messed it up. I'm just saying. Like, We're going to see it at 201? Somewhere maybe 202, random. and that's, that card will do just as big numbers as 200. Probably better. It's just, it's just the, the laws of the land right now. Connor rules the world. Even though I think Connor's stock took a hit by saying that he was back on the 200 card, I just wish he would have not said nothing else at all. Because now he's starting to play himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because now you're selling the wolf tickets to the fans, and the fans don't believe you anymore. Just be quiet. You know, let Kav- John Kavanaugh do this interview with Ariel on the MMA Hour, which is good. Got his side of the story out. Nothing else needs to be said. Just wait until it's time. But, you know, it is what it is. And that's what Dana White keeps saying. That's what UFC 200 should be dubbed. UFC 200, it is what it is. We're just going to show up here and see what happens. <laughs> because we're still, what, three months away from this? Yeah. Injuries are still going to play a role in this. They oh, might be calling Connor anyway <laughs> if Cormier or John Jones were to go down. Then they have to find somebody to fight. That is definitely a possibility. And, I mean, and Connor is Mr. I'll step up. Connor's training. That, I, I'm not convinced that the 155 pound fight goes down. What, what if, you know, something happens there? There's a number we're, we're way out. What if out. he can step in against RDA? They, you got to push that to, of to course. 200. We're way out from this fight happening. A lot of things are happening. So right now we have a skeleton of a car for 200. There's still got room for one more fight, which we'll see what it is. I think they're trying to figure out if GSP is going to be on the card or not. But How much does fight pass boom if Connor stays on fight pass? Hypothetically. Hypothetically. If he had to step in for RDA, or excuse me, against RDA for the title, and they kept it on fight pass, do you think the numbers go through the roof? I think the one-month subscription numbers do go through the roof. <laughs> people just cancel, cancel Yeah, people wildly. cancel, like, right after that. Because you see Fight Pass, there's no replay value to me. But, yeah, like, if, if Connor were to fight a Fight Pass, that's like Dana White's wet dream. Like, him and the Fatidas, they blow their load. Like, all over this, all over computers everywhere. They're going they, public. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, we're but, selling the company. Going public. So, let's go back. Let's recap 197. Um, wasn't, like, the greatest car. It wasn't the most exciting. Um, Not a lot of finishes. Well... So here's my question. Before we start really talking about the card, who is the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now? John Bones Jones is the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. How can you say that? Guy said he gave 20% and dominated. A number six fighter. I mean, the competition level, granted, isn't great in either division. It's really not. Um, I think we need new blood in both divisions. Cejudo, I, I thought, had the perfect mix to beat. Mighty Mouse. Yeah, you. I them. was wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think anyone at that weight beats Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse is the John Jones of 125, where he's just really too small for the next division, kind of, but huge to 125. Um, just the clinch work when you dominate someone who's an Olympian in the clinch, and he's supposed to be stronger than you, and he's definitely weighs more than you. Uh, Mighty Mouse just showed that he's an incredible fighter, definitely good enough to be number two pound for pound in the world. John Jones. You just go up and down the resume. He's beaten multiple champions. Uh, I don't think Mighty Mouse can say that. Mighty well, Mouse took a couple L's to champions. 
Uh, John Jones is not. Until we see John Jones move up to heavyweight and test his skills there, and which I don't think he's getting beat there either. Um, I, I think he still holds the trump card over Mighty Bomb. Um, my, I don't. Uh, DJ is my number one pound-for-pound pound fighter of all time because a pound-for-pound pound list is a what-have-you-done for me. All time? Well, not all time, but right now. A pound-for-pound pound list is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately list. Okay. And John Jones, what has he done for me lately? He hasn't scored a knockout since Chael Sonnen. He had a hard time with Alexander Gustafson. In, the, in that time span, Demetrius Johnson has had trouble with nobody. Everyone has a hard time with Gus outside of Rumble. Well, regardless, he still had a hard time with him. DJ has a hard time with nobody. He finished three of his last six fights in spectacular fashion. Horiguchi at the, at the buzzer with a buzzer beater. Just de- he destroyed Joseph Benavidez. He annihilated Henry Cejudo, who people thought he had a chance because he was undefeated. There's, he's untouchable at flyweight. So how does John Jones leapfrog DJ in, in a what have you done for me lately scenario? Because even, even if you look at the, the, if, if you go by like right now, this second, I understand your criteria. To me, if you're number one pound for pound fighter in the world and no one beats you, why am I knocking you down a peg? Like you're, you're still consistently winning. That's like me saying Floyd so Mayweather was number one pound for pound, but the number two guy was getting knockouts. Like Kovalev was getting knockouts and dominating. So Mayweather's dropping? No, if I wouldn't have done that either. If there was a time when Pacquiao was ahead of Mayweather on a lot of people's pound for pound list because he was annihilating everybody through multiple divisions and Mayweather was coasting through fights. I guess it John all works Jones. itself out in the long run, but I, I of mean, course. we've seen... Do you think DJ moves up to 135, which is only 10 pounds more, and takes the belt? No, I think he shouldn't. Why would you? If you're Demetrius Johnson, you've been a band of weight, you're clearly too small for that weight division. You're five foot three. Dominic Cruz is 5'8". And if you're going to fight Cruz, you should meet at 130. You should not concede your weight to him because you're higher up on the pound-for-pound food chain. You've already fought Dominic Cruz and lost because Dominic was bigger, longer, and stronger. If you're Demetrius Johnson, that's not fair to be forced out of your weight class. Nobody's forcing John Jones to heavyweight. He'll go when he's ready to go. But he physically can do that. DJ but he has can. contenders. Who? John Jones. He has legit contenders. I mean, he yeah. has a champion in front of him, and then Rumble, who looks like he can KO anybody. And and then if he goes through those two fighters in exceptional fashion, I would put John Jones back ahead of DJ. As of right now, after what I saw with Ovin St. Prue, given that John has only fought twice in the last few years, and had a, like I said, he had a difficult time with Gustafson, and he did beat Cormier, but what Johnson has done is ran roughshod over everybody in the division. He looks like the most complete fighter right now. I'll give you that. I mean, it's close. Can I get a 1A, 1B? No, and that's fair. I can do like, a 1A, 1B. It's just close. When, when but people... John, he's been inactive for a year and a half. Like, so, we got okay, to... DJ, if that's the case, if it's right here, right now, DJ's been more impressive. Yeah. But I just have a hard time knocking someone down when they've just run through people. He ran through the champion who is currently holding the title. Yeah, it's an activity. It has to mean something. It, 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 while true, it's just an activity. If... if I felt like... I'm also a weirdo, by the way, who ranks Khabib above RDA still. Well, because Khabib beat him. It's understandable. But RDA is the champion. Well, and he's been he running through everyone, right? But he's the champion. He just hasn't fought Khabib again. It, it makes sense. I mean, he is a champ, so by default, he's the top, top of the food chain. If, my, my thing, my litmus test was 197. If John Jones would have ran over OSP, like I thought he should have, then I would have put him at number one. But he fought so tentative against a guy who's number six, whose technique is kind of flawed and wild and he broke his arm and didn't take advantage of it 
that makes me say, damn it, John, you had a chance to to, to fourth round. Sh- he could have got him out. Yeah, but saved by the belt. He it's like he could have put a stranglehold on the pound for pound thing, but he didn't. Not to say he won't do it at two hundred, but right now, especially the way DJ came out there and just destroyed Tahuto, I gotta give it to DJ. I understand John's mentality though. Though John went in knowing, like yo, I can lock up UFC two hundred and get this paycheck, that McGregor money, because nobody's making that McGregor money. It's on the table, so might as well take it. Don't get hurt. Even John just going out and throwing a spinning back elbow and doing ground and pound breaks John's hand. Bye-bye payday. Yeah, you can't be risky. I mean, you got to do what you do. Like, that's, that's like saying to sit Steph Curry when you were trying to win 73 games with the Warriors. He still got hurt in the playoffs. It didn't matter. So you, it's, you, play, you fight like you normally fight. You play like you normally play. And you let the chips fall where they may. John wanted to be tentative. If he was, if he was trying to secure his spot... He loses the knots. Like, DJ went out there and put everything on the line, rolled over Cejudo. We don't know what he's going to do next. The flyweight division's in shambles because he's torched everybody. And we'll see what happens. Um, Before we move on, what's next for DJ? Is there anything next for DJ? It's, 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 if Dana White wants to throw him a bunch of money, either go up to 135, which I don't think he should do, or find a way to fight Cruz, should Cruz get past favor, which we all figure is going to happen. But other than that, there's just nobody for him to fight. No one at 135 is really small enough to cut down to 125 it's such a weird division now they'd have to get um i mean they were doing that ultimate fighter but they have to get somebody from one somebody from one of these other federations like Bino. uh well they train together so i don't even count so it's like there's really nobody for him to fight he just he just breaks anderson silva's middleweight title championship run and figure it out from there force danny to give you a few million dollars to fight at dominic cruz again i mean that's the only thing that you could do but I feel like that's like suicide, suicide mission. Because Dominic Cruz, Dominic, if Dominic Cruz was active, he'd probably be the best pound for pound fighter. Because he was just unbeatable yeah. during his run. Like he destroyed everybody. And we see what he's doing now. Yeah, so. and he's gonna do the same thing to poor Uriah. You know, but you know. oh yeah, Uriah's a little long in the tooth. That's not gonna be good. Um, so that's pretty much our UFC coverage. That's UFC coming up. Let's switch our focus to boxing because we just saw someone else dominate. And I know he's not high on your pound-for-pound rankings because uh, a lot of people are still tentative about that. We'll talk about that, too. But Triple G just ran through, through his opponent uh, two rounds. When Dominic Wade didn't have a shot in hell. And, you know, I thought Wade could at least move. There's nothing, can, can you get hey, a, out of the way of that right hand? No. Did you see where it came from? It just doesn't <laughs> he matter. He threw it from the ankles. Like, like, you didn't see that coming? We're put in a position now where people are going to be critical of Triple G no matter what until he gets a name opponent to fight him. Problem is, nobody wants to fight him. So what do you do when nobody wants to fight you? you just gonna get just you, What do you do? You just got to unify the titles. Billy Joe Saunders is like, oh, I want to fight first, and then we'll fight overseas like that's going to give him an advantage so you're going to get knocked out in front of your family and friends that's what all that's going to happen so it's like and triple g is crazy enough that he'll fight anywhere yeah he doesn't care gennady golovkin is the most dangerous fighter in boxing right now hands down even more dangerous than kovalev kovalev at least carries you through a couple rounds <laughs> triple g doesn't waste time it's like he, he puts hands on people and waits eyes got all day yeah, we saw bernard make it kovalev might take it easy on bernard but bernard made it i just i no don't doing that with triple g I don't see, like, that performance is reason enough for Canelo to say, nah, I'm good. Canelo's not fighting. No, Triple G's not, not giving up any weight because Canelo has the belt at 160, so it makes no sense. And he, he's not going to fight him. He, I, he's, he's, he has learned so much from Floyd Mayweather that there's no way he fights Triple G right now. The excuse is, let the fight marinate in bubble. 
The other excuse is, I'm not conceding weight to everybody, anybody. So he'll ditch the WBC title because as long as he's the A side, which is such a fictional piece of shit. As long well, as the titles are a fictional piece of shit. Yeah, but as long as he's the A side and it's a bigger draw, he commands more money and he feels like he can call the shots. But everybody knows, especially at this point, you know, so there's some people like Charlamagne was tweeting me all week about, you know, I think Canelo can take Triple G in your fucking dreams. Canelo cannot beat Gennady Golovkin. Not in any any universe. The only thing he can do now is look at Gennady's age and go, you know what, I'm going to wait four years. Wait it out. Yeah, I'm going to wait for him to get old, wait for him to have a misstep, and then I'll fight him. There's just no reason. Like, I was talking to Gennady's publicist, Bernie, and he's very optimistic this fight happens. He feels like the people demand it, and this fight's going to happen. I'm like, Bernie, he's never going to fight him. He's like, yeah, you're probably going to. I was like, dude, if it happens, he's going to wait, and he's going to have to see a performance where he goes, I can take him now. Kind of like Floyd, I mean, not to say that, this Floyd is, did it constantly. It's yeah. okay. You can say it. Yeah, but it's like Floyd was the smartest fighter yeah. of when to take fights. Yeah, he looks at the guy. I was like, all right, it's time now. Canelo's waiting for that. It's time now. And watching him run over Dominic Wade, he looked at Oscar, and Oscar looked at him. He was like, no, it's not, not time. Yet. Not, not time, bro. Not time. We're not doing this yet, man. We're gonna wait until fall. We'll fight on Mexican Independence Day against. Maybe have a rematch with Cotto, who we know we can beat, make a bunch of money off of. We'll maybe bait. Uh, welterweight to jump up to 155, but we're not fighting that man at 160 pounds. It's just not happening. And some welterweight will jump up because there's a payday there. Of course. We saw it with Amir Khan. Like, hey, you want me to gain eight pounds? Why not? Yeah, and he's going to get killed, but... He's going to he, cash out. Exactly. Because when you're fighting... The, like, it's the same with Floyd Mayweather. When you fight a guy like that, you're getting paid. And... Anybody else would not give you that payday. And it's like, fighters don't come into fights thinking they're going to lose. But you got to look at on the air on the side of like, well, I might lose. Is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, because when you go back down, especially jumping up in weight like that, I think you go back down and get a title shot back in welterweight. Like Amir Khan, his star is not going to be any brighter than it is. So if you look at even like a Kell Brook or someone like that, if they still want to fight Amir Khan, he's coming off of a loss, which people are just going to scratch as, okay, he was, the guy was too heavy for him. He built that name recognition, and if you think you could beat him, you're going to make the most money. Yeah. So you're going to give a guy like that a title shot, just yeah. off the rip. And so the loss could generate a title shot faster than a ton of wins. A ton of wins scares people. More importantly, if in the off shot that American looks decent in losing, his stock goes up. Like, if you look good... like Just don't get killed, which everyone expects. Yeah. Look at Marcos Maidana. The fact that he looked good against Floyd Mayweather earned him another payday. Now he's fat in Argentina and never going to fight again. Never coming back. That money goes a long way in Argentina. Man. But it's, it, with Khan, it's the same thing. It's like if I look good against Gennady, I mean against Gennady, he'll never fight Gennady. <laughs> but if he looks good against Canelo, he can, he can take that back and say, look, I'm the A-side, like you said, you know, Kell Brook, I'm the A-side. We could do this at Wembley, do it in the U.K., make a bunch of money. And But now I'm, I'm in a better position than I was before, even though I got my brains beat in. Yeah. I mean, so, Kell Brook wouldn't fight him before. What's the difference? No, nah, it's, 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 all, it's, it's all a mess. It's all a game. But bottom line is, nobody wants to fight Gennady Golovkin. Um, Chocolatito, on the other hand, uh, again looked good, but his knockout streak ended. Uh, so Chocolatito, you know, it's like... He, now do you give him his own card? Do you yes, let him piggyback off of Golovkin again? You don't have it's to. so much easier off of a knockout to yeah. give him his own card. Yeah, but you you could do this the fight at the forum. Um, you could do his next fight at the forum. He'll sell out. He's reaching that level now. Like 
watching after we got back from 197, I watched and I was like, damn, that place is packed and it's loud. Yeah. And it's like the energy there was crazy. And I know the the, the ratings came in and it was through the best numbers on HBO all year. Granted, HBO had a bunch of great fights, but I mean, shit, he can go ahead and headline his own card on HBO. HBO should pay for it. The budget cuts are a bitch, um, which I'll talk about because I just talked to Bob Arum the other day about the Crawford Postal pay per view. But. Give him his own card. He's earned it. He's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. Even though I disagree, I think Kovalev is the best pound-for-pound fighter, but I understand I'm, I'm not arguing with it too much. But, yeah, he deserves, He doesn't need to be Gennady's B-side any longer. It's, it's so rough. Um, there's actually another fight coming up in L.A. this week, though. This weekend, and it's between who? Because it slips my mind. Oh, those two guys that got beat up by Floyd. Victor oh, Ortiz and uh, Andre Berto. <laughs> um, Berto's back, man. He, he's trying to bounce back. Berto, once again, with a couple fights, he can at least get a mini payday coming down the pipe. When you fight Floyd and have that on your resume and you're beatable, people want to beat you. Yeah, but so he... Thurman will take him. Um, the winner of Thurman and Porter will take him. Uh, Errol Spence, who's just chasing Stuff to elevate him. We'll take Berto because Berto fought Floyd. Add it to the resume. You just automatically assuming that Berto beats Victor Ortiz. <laughs> Wait, are you giving Victor Ortiz a Hell legit yeah, shot? I'm giving a chance. Berto hasn't looked good in God knows how long. Oh, God. How Neither... far has Berto fallen? <laughs> he's fallen far. Like he I never... don't think he's fallen He didn't deserve the fight in the first place with he Floyd. He didn't. But so, come on. Hey, I'm just saying. Victor Ortiz? What yes, year is this? I'm giving it's 2011 all <laughs> over again. No, no, nobody gave Victor a chance against Andre Berto in 2011. Berto lost. Victor Ortiz got the Mayweather fight. Berto got another chance at Mayweather to fight Robert Guerrero. Berto lost. He went back to the back of the line. Guerrero got the Mayweather fight. Berto had to beat a bum. Well, Josie Cito Lopez is a total bum. But it's all you can really do. And then you got the Floyd Mayweather fight. Like, both of these guys are washed, pretty much. This is this should be dubbed "fight for your life." Like this is what it is. Like the loser, loser goes home. One last check. Yeah, like this is it. Like this is it, and that's why I'm going to tune in because it could be a very fun fight. I just I don't I don't think that Berto is just going to run Victor Ortiz over. I question Victor Ortiz's heart, like I always do, but I think Berto wins. I just don't think it's going to be an easy fight. I think they're going to he's going to make it a lot harder than he needs to because emotionally he's so invested in getting that, that loss back. He's going to make a mistake and get dropped. <laughs> it's going to take the W, but get dropped. Yep. It's all right. I'm here for the memes. Uh, all right. So the last thing we have to switch over to is wrestling. Before we invite you know a couple of guests on, wrestling this week, we have a pay-per-view to preview. It's on Sunday. The hype really for it isn't there necessarily as far as casual fans and the buildup, but it should be a really good card for traditional wrestling fans it feels like an indie wrestling card yeah i'm i'm actually excited for payback it's a very good card um raw didn't really do nothing for me this week uh but it wasn't a bad it was another one of those shows that was good wrestling was a little bit too long there were a few matches like damn this is too long like i felt like gallows and anderson should have destroyed the usos i felt like it was completely pointless to let that match go as long as it did aren't we just hypocrites though like because we got like a bunch of like squash matches and a ton of talking and people were getting like eight minute spots just two years ago and then it was like, man, let them wrestle. And then now but it's see, like, damn, some of these matches are too long. But they, but this, they are, in terms of storytelling, when you bring in a Gallows and an Anderson, and you're trying to give them a lot of heat, they have to squash people. Like, I've always said, squash matches are a good thing. Yeah. So, like, you have to look strong. When you wrestle a match with the Usos, it goes like 15 minutes too long. And like, Rusev-style new- squash matches? Like, when he showed up and the shit was like two minutes? I like that. And because it made- Lana talked longer than his matches. I think that's necessary to build talent. 
Like, eventually, this is going to fall to the wayside, and, you know, everybody's going to compete. But you got to squash a few people, and Gallows and Anderson came in with so much hype. For them, if if, if they're going to wrestle on Raw, which, first of all, I thought they should wrestle at Payback. I don't even think they should have wrestled the Usos at Raw. I thought that was stupid. Have them debut in Chicago at Payback to a massive pop, mm-hmm. and I thought that would have been better, and I have an actual match there. But for Raw, why not squash the Usos? Just cheat. Do something. Like... <laughs> Do something that makes you look like we've arrived and we're a force to be. Well, they beat him up after the bell. Yeah, but the match. Then Reigns came out and kind of made him look small, which is stupid. Okay, okay. Couple things about Raw. First of all, it was one of the lowest rated Raws ever. Correct. On a non-holiday edition of Raw, and that speaks a lot to probably Roman Reigns as champion. Um, I know the NHL playoffs, but nobody watched the NHL. (laughs) That didn't do anything. Come on, that's a horrible excuse. Yeah. But watching Raw again, like the segment with the Usos and Roman was like stupid. Sometimes it all has to save the one. Yo, I was like, that makes no sense. I Like, this is the dumbest promo ever. And it's getting to the point where yeah, I'm starting like, to think that AJ Styles could take the title off of Roman Reigns. Because Roman's not doing anything. He's just not good. Like, they're trying to establish him as a true wrestler now. But losing people in the process. Yo. He, he had more heat against Triple H. And that was a horrible feud. I, I just don't understand the character. Either he's going to be a heel or he's not going to be. The worst thing you could do is be middling. <laughs> and, like, they is. gave him the ultimate middling catchphrase. Uh, and shout out to Kaz, who's been on the podcast. We're always chilling with him, wrestling events, uh, stash.com, all that, for starting the Roman Reigns outfit. Oh, them dad jeans and Wranglers Seattle with his stitch and shoes? If oh you guys God. haven't checked this out, it's hilarious. Roman Reigns is wearing the worst outfit ever. Nothing got a logo on it. No. Nothing. He got, like, Walmart Shaq Diesel shoes on. And Kaz was just roasting them. Everyone on Kaz's timeline. Hilarious. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, the Real Kaz? Yeah. Yeah, I believe this. Real Kaz something? Google it. I don't know. Do your Google. You can find Real Life Kaz. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's the homie. I don't know Kaz for a minute. But, yeah. That was um, funny. Back to Roman Reigns. And it's just doing nothing. Middling and obscurity. Uh I don't know where they go. Like you say, he could drop the belt, but then what? Then what's his feud? Does he? I believe Roman is better as the hunter than he is as the champion. Everyone kind of, you know, he at least whips some ass and goes through people. But that only works if Gallows and Anderson truthfully help AJ win the belt. And AJ becomes a heel. And then you chase him. And then did you waste everything with Roman? There's no way AJ comes a heel. If he no. beats Roman Reigns... He's, he's super over. He's, he's more over than he already is. It's like when... when it, it's, I liken it to the Stone Cold effect. Like, dude, if AJ Styles beats Roman Reigns, no matter how he beats him, he's over. So, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't think they're going to let him drop the strap this early. Because he's had three title reigns in like five months. And they've all been extraordinarily short. So there's no way that I think that they're going to take the title off of Roman Reigns now. But you got to, like, I know Vince has got to be losing his more hair thinking about, man, these are low-rated Raws and his segments are terrible and it's like the crowd boos him. Like, he needs a fucking personality change. They got to do something with him. It's, it's time for something to happen. I don't know how this Anderson and Gallows thing plays out. I'm, you know, this whole Finn Balor thing, there's, there's just a lot going on. Um... But I feel like they need to extend that for a little bit longer. Ideally, in, in a perfect world, if this stuff would play out long enough and you had the Bullet Club versus the Shield built up properly, that would be you know everybody's wet dream. Correct. But the WWE is never going to let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. No, they'll rush it or not do it at all. Like if, if in, in a fantasy booking scenario, which I hate to do, but 
if Seth Rollins came back, he can have fans back on Roman Reigns' side. If Seth Rollins came back and did the fist, the shield fist, and Ambrose and Reigns came out, and they were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to fight. Everyone would love Reigns. Yeah, they would. Automatically. Be- if you made Reigns the U.S. champion at that point, exactly. no one would question you. Because he's back to being the enforcer instead of being the head of the head in charge. Yeah, And it's then th- just have them each go for a belt. It, like that—that's the only way it could possibly work. But it, it'll never work like that. Gallows and Anderson are probably get ruined sooner than later, and they're not going to do this whole Bullet Club thing the way they're supposed to. Whatever. But so Bullet Club, obviously, we've been watching New Japan for a second. Uh, you've been following Bullet Club for years. Bullet Club always starts off small and gains members. That's what they do. You know, someone will turn heel and join the faction. And then that gives them some heat, and you know you build the stable that way. It's always been that way. <laughs> you know, I think they're headed towards a similar thing. How mad would you be if, if they Reigns. put Roman Reigns <laughs> in the Bullet Club? If they if they team Roman Reigns up with Gallows and Anderson and call them some some foolish shit, I don't know. I like I, I and part of me would be irate, but then I'd be like, I get it because Vince is not going to let a foreign. Like a foreign company's biggest faction that was built off of the NWO come in and wreck shop. He's not going to do it. So he would put a twist on it and allow Roman to team up with Gallows and Anderson. And I wouldn't be too mad because technically they had a big Samoan before. He just filled that role. Yeah. But Roman would be a great heel. As long as he's heel. Like, I don't care what they do. Team him up with Titus O'Neil and Darren Young and call him two black guys in a Samoan. Do whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to turn this man heel. It just doesn't work for him as a face. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Looking at the rest of this card, you know what's funny? The Kalisto and Ryback are fighting for the U.S. title, and I don't remember the last time I've seen either of them on Raw. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know it was on the card. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, where? But Ryback just beat Kalisto in a non-title match. I didn't watch it. Was you it on watch SmackDown? It? No, I didn't watch it. Was it wasn't on SmackDown? I thought it was on Raw. I don't remember. Might have been on SmackDown. I watched both. I don't know. I'm confused at this point. Um, and I think it was on SmackDown. Ryback wins. No belt. So it's just like, oh, okay. It's a waste. Like, what is, what's going on? It'd be cool for Ryback to just hold the title because he's a heel now. And it allows some of your face characters to actually have a storyline. How about we get Ryback versus Apollo Crews just to give him a legit story and have him chase a belt? That makes sense. Instead of just beating the hell out of random people. Like, you you have a lot of baby faces coming up in these guys that you just pulled up. Give them a legit storyline. I'm okay with that. Have Crews chase it for three months. That's fine. That makes sense. It's just, I was just looking at the card. I was like, why is this here? Like, like, this match is happening? Oh, yeah, Kaliso has a title. Why does he have a title? Like, I say this all the time. And it was proven again with Shane, the whole Shane angle, which we could talk about now, actually. Shane shows up on Raw again, and it's like, eh. He doesn't even, there's no no rationale behind it. Stephanie's like, ah, dad's going to pick who. I thought we were determined this at WrestleMania. Like, why are we doing this again? WrestleMania was, again, inconsequential. Nothing from WrestleMania except for Roman Reigns winning the title has has, has made it for the last four weeks of Raw. Like, where's, um, uh, Zack Ryder? I don't know. I don't know. NXT, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, He's a hype bro. Like, Shane McMahon lost. That didn't matter. We Still haven't heard a peak from Brock Lesnar since. Dean Ambrose hasn't even addressed losing to Brock Lesnar. No. Uh, Undertaker uh, left his gloves in the cage. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles lost to Chris Jericho. Now he's the number one contender. The women's match. So, yo, Sasha's disappeared. Sasha's gone. And I guess Becky's feuding with uh, Emma? I guess so. I mean, I'm crying for Sasha, though. 
start. They they did Bay dirty. She'll be. I'm telling you, she'll get a run at SummerSlam. The but, only way I am okay with this is if this year it's the first ever women's Money in the Bank match, and oh, yeah. Sasha wins it. That, I, I like that idea. That, I'm okay I, with that. I like that idea, but. It's just everything that happened at Mania aside from Roman winning means nothing. It happened in an alternate universe. It's like getting a comic book and it's like, oh, this happened in this universe. Roman like, shit didn't matter. We haven't seen Triple H since. Nah. So it's like... We're doing house shows. So I don't know what's going to happen at Payback. I feel like we're going to get some really good matches. Thankfully, we'll get Zayn and Owens, which had a great video package that finally explained the backstory from NXT. Um, we have some other good matches. Cesaro, you know the James Bond thing is weird. Like, every week, they get, like, it happens. Like, when him and Miz are ex- exchanging movie lines, it's like, this is really corny. Get to the wrestling. Because, like, and what do they call it? The sudden impact. Like, they're, they're, like, stealing Bond names and movies for his moves and shit. Whatever. Just let Cesaro wrestle. Um, I mean, they got to give him some type of character because that's Vince. Yeah, but it's The just... wrestling's always going to be there. He's not going to fall off as a wrestler. They're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks with Cesaro. Well, look. You know what? We don't have a whole lot of time. Let's, start, let's just predict the card. So, let's start. Ziggler versus Corbin. Corbin, surprisingly. Not even surprisingly. He's got to squash somebody with a name. It'll be Ziggler. <laughs> they, they, they're going to build, like, they've been doing In a good job. In which I remember one of my first shows on here saying, Dolph Ziggler doesn't do it for me. And people laughing me out of the building. Hey, I, I think. I said he was intercontinental at best and currently a jobber. And he can be a jobber. I don't and like I think, him being a jobber. But you, this Ryan, is he is. everything. This is I, what the guy is. I like Dolph Ziggler, but he's been done dirty, and he's he's using it as a platform to, to for Baron Corbin. So he's gonna Baron Corbin's gonna step over him and move up. Maybe he'll get an Intercontinental or well, not maybe a U.S. title. The U.S. title is like wide open right now for anybody to take it because as long as Kalisto has it and doesn't do anything, somebody needs to get that up off. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, Dolph. Uh, I love Dolph, but yeah, he's gonna lose. Um, the Enzo Amore, Colin Cassidy versus the Vaude Villains match. Interesting. I I think the Vaude Villains win. Yeah. And how's it going? How you doing? Good on you. Doing well. Um, Vaude Villains win, and they do it in a way to make both teams strong. So I think, you know, the Vaude Villains they get to hit their whirling dervish to get the pin, which is key. But I think the Dudley Boys cost Enzo and Cass the match, and I think we see that narrative go through summer. And then the VOD villains get a little shine, try to get a rub, at least from the New Day, because they're super over. And why not? It's For the VOD villains not being the perfect tag team and people thinking they were just going to get buried, they did right by the VOD villains. Yeah. And they're giving them a decent storyline. And I think Enzo and Cass is, are going to revisit that Dudley boys narrative. They kept the Dudleys away a little bit to kind of keep them in the background. They're going to interfere and let Enzo and Cass go over someone in their first rivalry. Let the Dudleys put them over. That'll be great. And then they can enter versus the New Day if so be it. That's the way it goes by SummerSlam. Well, my theory on this is very simple. Too soon. Too soon for Enzo and Cass to get a shot at the New Day. Um, it's just like it'd be like a promo fest. Like it would just be a bunch of guys just saying stuff not to each other but to the crowd. And I'm not, I think the Vault Villains are a good foil for the New Day right now because New Day are just they're too far over. And Enzo and Cass are very far over. So even if the Vault Villains cheat to him, I need them to go over. And I think that, that that's not a problem. I think that'll happen. Um, Charlotte versus Natalia. I think the obvious pick here is Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, even though Rick had, like, a crazy run-in at the airport today. Yeah, it makes you wonder if he'll be there at payback. But they, it was on the sauce or something. Yeah, Charlotte. I don't see Charlotte losing this title anytime soon. They got to build her up as, like, this heel champion. And 
Natalia is a good foil for her to, to, to go over. Definitely. Um, if Charlotte loses the belt, she loses it to like someone like Paige or Becky on like a, a, a one-month basis. She'll have the belt come sum- SummerSlam. Yeah. How about that? Um, I wouldn't be mad, though. You know, next month they give it to Becky just to hold it as a thank you. Or Paige. Paige was there before all of them. Like, you Not know, Paige. give Paige, like, Paige a little had, run. Paige had her chance. I'm, I'm tired of Paige. Paige like, is 22 years old. I don't care. Like, she, like, she got to have a retreat. It's funny because when you look at Paige when she came in, you were like, she's a great wrestler. But now when you look at her compared to those girls, she's not as good. Emma's actually better than You're Paige. talking shit. But what might happen is Charlotte drops the belt to returning Bella. Ugh. And Bella as a face. And beat Charlotte, holds the belt nope. for a month or two. Charlotte gets back, goes to SummerSlam. Not happening. All right, what's after that, though? Because... <laughs> we know how that match is going. So we got Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. Ugh. He can't. He just lost to Lesnar. Um, it's weird because now he, Ambrose is back in that no man's land where I don't like his character as much anymore. Like like him taking over Jericho's highlight reel and the stuff that he said, I haven't been too fond of. But he can't lose to Jericho. It takes all the momentum off him. We thought the same thing about AJ. And then he lost to Jericho. And then boom. But he Ambrose ain't getting that push. Like, AJ got the push. He got the rub. He's getting a title shot. Ambrose is far from a title shot right now. Unless we see the narrative of, you know, just the shield, Man. triple threat type thing um, come about, which which is possible. I don't feel like this AJ Styles, uh, Roman Reigns narrative can go on for too long. No, this is this is one of those things. Like a one-off. Like, yeah. Or it's to maybe make, two. Papers. It's to make Roman Reigns look strong. And to set up something, maybe the, the Gallows and Anderson cost AJ the match. It, there's like it's a uh, it's a cog in the wheel that they're just moving to move some pieces around. Like I said, I don't expect AJ to win, which we'll talk about in a second. But this is maybe they go okay. We got to make Roman look good. AJ is the perfect guy to make somebody look good. And now it's getting to the point where well, shit, maybe Roman doesn't need to have that title anymore. But going back to it, I just don't see Dean Ambrose losing. Um, next up, we got the Miz and Cesaro. Cesaro is getting the strap. You think so? Yeah, I'm, finally. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I think Maurice cost, cost the match, like a DQ and Miz hangs on for a while. Miz is good with Maurice right now. Even you know, I like thought Maurice season. came back just because she's on the next season of Total Divas, you know, to get a little heat on that, um, which is cool. I'm not, I'm not against that. But the Miz doesn't need a belt. He's one of those guys that doesn't need a belt. He's good with a belt. He's... Good without a belt. I, I like him on the mic all the time. I don't want to see him wrestle every week. Let's cut him out of the wrestling part. And you know he's always doing movies. A movie's going to come up. He's going to have to drop the strap sooner or later. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I, I, I would like to see Cesaro get the title, but I'm, I think that the Miz retains on some, you know, some snake shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just, he holds on. His feud is extended a little longer. Because um, there's got to be some feuds that carry on through payback like every match on here can't be a one-off and that might be one of them um i don't really feel like talking about kalisto and ryback i'm just gonna say kalisto's gonna win just because because i don't care yeah kalisto will win ryback just beat him on smackdown which you don't watch right exactly. so he's definitely going to take that um are we both in agreement that roman reigns will beat aj styles yes i don't see uh aj winning the belt now if it's a clean win i don't know that pissed me off but yeah but i i think you know i, I think they're setting up the Valor Club narrative to go against AJ Styles uh, and trying to turn Finn heel coming into the WWE roster. And we'll see how that goes because he's insanely over, but maybe they turn him heel because if you're not a fan of NXT, if you're a child or someone who is a casual fan, 
that entrance, the demon entrance, isn't cool to you. It's kind of scary if you really right. look at it. So he has heel characteristics. If you don't know that the guy sits with his fans after every match and serenades them in his Irish accent. <laughs> uh, if you don't know that, Finn, it'll be easy to accept him as a heel. And for the NXT guys, you just you better be lucky his ass is up here. Just take what you can get. Yeah, no. Again, I don't. I don't see Roman dropping the strap to AJ. I feel like it's you know one of those matches to make Roman look good against a quality name who's been around the world and won champions every championships anywhere. It's just not AJ's time right now. Um, the last thing before we get out of here is uh, who controls? I don't even know what this means. Wait, did we skip over Zayn Owens? Oh yeah, I forgot about Zayn Owens. That's the best match of the night. Yeah, it is. Um, and I hope they continue this feud for six months. They will. Don't drop this at all. I don't care. Intertwine a belt every now and then. Just keep it going. I'm going to pick Kevin Owens here. Um, Snake Wade to win. He's going to beat him underhandedly, which will lead eventually to a ladder match. But right now, I think it's uh, it's Wouldn't good. one of them have to pick up a belt? Nah. Well, I mean, to yeah, have a ladder match, what, what's going to hang from right. the ladder? Well, maybe they'll have a, uh, I don't know, a cage match. Okay, the only thing other than a ladder match, like if you have a ladder match and have it for the loser has to leave the company and Owens wins... And I get an El Generico mysterious comeback. I am the happiest man ever. Yeah, I just don't think we're we're never gonna see El Generico. But listen, I, I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, okay, now we can move on. All right. So last thing, who controls Raw after this? Shane or Stephanie or neither? Uh, I, I think neither. I, I think I think Vince has an announcement. I think his announcement is the anonymous GM is back. Yeah, that oh, none God, of, no, none please. of them are going to run it. I think Vince is going to say, I'm taking control of my company back and let both sides kind of go out. Because I think Triple H and Stephanie, they're they're done with the day-to-day stuff. They don't want to do the day-to-day television appearances week to week. So you got to fade them out of it. And Vince is going to say, you know what? It's not my time to step back. Neither of you are running the company. This is my company. I'm calling the shots. And Vince doesn't have to be on TV. I don't know. The, the ratings need a boost, and the boost always happens with some kind of McMahon, but I guess Shane wasn't it. I don't know. I, all I think is it's stupid. That's all I can think of, because what does it really matter at the end of the day who runs Raw? You got you got. It doesn't matter. It never means anything. It just no. means, oh, somebody's showing up. Because it's not like they're, they're changing, you know, like, it's not like Shane was really bringing in people or anything it's like that. It's time to give the control back to the faction. There was time... You, uh, there's a time, you know, in wrestling where factions can kind of drive storylines. Every other promotion has that. You don't have to have the evil boss lurking. You know, create a faction. If you want it to be the Balor Club, create the Balor Club. Have them wreak havoc, and that creates storylines. Bring back the Shield if that's an option. You know, have them kind of create storylines and go for belts and randomly attack people and do whatever they want in the name of the Shield and protection and all that stuff. You can drive storylines without a McMahon present. Yeah, I'm just saying it's stupid. That's all it is. I wanted to ask that question because it's dumb. Like the whole, the whole, the, <laughs> bait me into dumb questions <laughs> because Shane's got control over Raw for no real reason that makes any kind of sense to anybody. And Stephanie and Triple H haven't been on TV. And Triple H, what's the point? It, this is all dumb. And it's, it's all all they're doing. I, I I I'll tell you this now. When we do our year end awards, this is the worst storyline of wrestling. <laughs> already, it's it already because it because it, it involves. Sense. Well, I'm surprised you're not going to give it to Roman Reigns. Roman no. Reigns got a lot of time but it, no, to get no, an award. No, no. This is the worst storyline because it never made sense. Because Shane lost. Like, I, like, like, if John Jones loses to Daniel Cormier, it's like what Jose Aldo did today. 
He's like, I still feel I'm the champion. No, fool, you got knocked down 13 seconds. <laughs> and what happened with Shane is you lost to the Undertaker. Why are you living life like you like you're the GM of Raw? This doesn't make any sense. Like this is the dumbest story because nothing that ma- that happened had any effect on what what happened next. WrestleMania is like again Marvel's alternate universe. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like it's like X Men in the rest of the Avengers. Like they don't they don't they mesh. don't inter yeah they don't <laughs> intertwine. So that's all I got. Um, anything else before we get out of here? Actually, you got to get out of here because you have work to do. I still have a guest to interview. They're calling into the show. It's for all of our fans coming out for fight weeks, regardless if it's UFC or the Canelo fight coming up in boxing. If you want that great Vegas VIP experience, I got the hookup. And now we're joined by Sloop. Sloop is kind of like the the hand in Vegas. Hand on everything. Uh, Let the people know exactly what you do and what you bring to the culture. Um... Well, hi, everybody. I'm Sloop Jones, Las Vegas. Um, yeah, well, actually, pretty much what I bring is, uh, you know, what I do. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a CEO of uh, Star Power VIP Enterprises Incorporated, as well as, uh, you know, I'm the CEO of uh, In The Game Entertainment. And basically what we do is um, shows, we book, um, you know, uh, artists for casinos. You know, if an artist might come to, uh, to Las Vegas and they're performing at a certain casino on the strip you know we might book a, a artist for a casino um as well as we might if people are coming to las vegas and they want that vip superstar experience we you know cater to that type of situation as well um and we also um you know we coordinate tours around the united states for artists um, up-and-coming artists given the opportunity to um go on tour and be a part of a real tour where they'll get everything you know superstar from travel, transportation, you know, everything that, that it takes for them to get the right type of uh, look. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> I know. It <laughs> sounds like a lot. You you definitely do a lot and do it well. Why Vegas? Like, what made you say, okay, Vegas is the spot for my business, and why is Vegas, you know, such a draw for these artists? Um, well, I think Vegas because, you know, when I first started doing it, I wanted to be the best and I wanted to deal with the, the top situation. And I think that, uh, you know, in my mind at the time, Vegas was, you know, the entertainment capital. So, I, you know, in order to be the, the, the top of something, you got to deal with the people, you know, where the captains are at, <laughs> so to speak. So, um, you know, I just came out here, man, and it just worked out. And, uh, you know, Vegas has been great to me. I got some, some great opportunities. Um, and, um, you know, and it just continued, you know, and, uh, you know, once you live here, it's just kind of hard to, uh, to try to live anywhere else. I mean, it's good to, to, to visit other cities because there's a lot of other great cities, but for me to live in Vegas, it, it just works out. It's my whole, uh, persona and just you know, the things I like to be involved in. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to leave here. I'll fly wherever for a fight or something. Ain't that got to cover for work. But, uh, like you said, you get the best of everything here in Vegas. You, you can party yeah. one night, you can chill in the burbs the next. It, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually live on the strip, so you know, I, I kind of you know never get away from it. But you know, when I'm at home, I'm at home, and I know how to you know set the blinds and let that be what it, what it is. And then when I'm out on the strip doing my thing, it's business. You know, I tend to not go to the clubs and party away and do anything like that because you know I, I try to stay away from. Um, 
you know, the bad habits of Vegas, the gambling, the drinking in the clubs and all of that. I try to stay away from that and just try to keep my whole situation out here on a business. You know, when I do, I, I get, you know, by the grace of God, I have the opportunity to, you know, travel a lot and, and be a part of a lot of, a lot of fun things. So when I'm doing those things on the road, then I can have my fun and do all of that. But when I'm at home, home is Vegas. So I try to, you know, if I want to have a drink, I try to, you know, do that when I'm on the road, but keep it, you know, Vegas as, as a whole different situation and not get involved in all of that. If I can. Smart business, smart business. Um, you know, Vegas is not only entertainment capital, it's the fight capital. Huge fight weekends. We saw, you know, in years past with Floyd Mayweather and everything. And then now, you know, new fighters are making this their home as far as, you know, boxing and UFC is concerned. How do you navigate those weekends? Are those huge weekends for you? Do you try to play certain artists for those weekends? Is it just higher demand for you during those times? Oh, it's totally amazing. Everybody, um, you know, the, you know. I, I'm glad you asked me that because that's why I don't understand why, you know, it, especially if you're a local, if you're a local and you have anything bad to say about Floyd Mayweather, you know, it's kind of like shame on you because everybody capitalizes. It's like a holiday in Las Vegas. I mean, and especially for somebody who does what I do because I, I you know, I, I have, you know, discounts on rooms. You know, I can walk you directly into the club, VIP. You know, you're not, when you deal with me, you're not standing in the guestless line or anything like that. You straight up boss walking straight through the door, that type of look. You feel me? And when you have those services available, then clearly you're going to be dealing with the people who come to Vegas to spend money. And, you know, so as long as you, you give them the type of service that they're, that they're dreaming of and they hear about and, and that they want for themselves because, you know, they got the money to blow. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I wish Floyd would do it a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he might. He might. Enough money to get him back down there. Hey, man, I say everybody pull, pull together. Because, no, honestly, I'm just being funny. But, uh, you know, it, it, on, a, on a Floyd Mayweather weekend, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. That's why I say hats out to Floyd, you know. Um, anybody who knows, if you're listening, you know, hey, I have all the respect in the world for a man. And, hey, you know, I, like I said, I, I just hate that he retired. And I wish that he would continue to because every, the whole entire city capitalized all the way down to the electricity company. <laughs> right. None, none brings him out like Floyd brings him out. Huh? No one brings him out like Floyd brings him out. He is Not the man all, here. And, 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 you know, and somebody like me, I get the opportunity to work in all my spectrums. I get to book an artist for the casinos. I get to, you know, um, uh, take care of people's VIP needs, you know, like with my concierge exclusive service that I, that, that I cater to celebrities. I have my, you know, my VIP service that I'm catering to, just, you know, people coming to town and that I give them that superstar uh, star power experience, you know, and, and make them feel like they're a celebrity. You see what I'm saying? And, and I have a transportation service where, you know, I can utilize, uh, you know, trans any transportation, this, that, and the other. So, you know, like I said, for somebody like me, it's a, it's a great situation, and we welcome more of that type of thing. And, I mean, now we, we have, um, you know, the T-Mobile Arena here, so we're going to have more things that would bring a, a Floyd-like feel to Las Vegas for people like myself who, uh, you know, make a living off of entertainment and uh, things like that. When you're not working, because Vegas is 24-7. Anyone that's been here... You know that there's always a place to party. There's always an event happening. When you're not planning an event or working, which I'm sure is rare, what do you do? Like whether it's in the city or outside the city, how do you unwind and kind of get away from it? 
you know what I do? I really just chill at my crib, man, and I kick back and I look at the view and I just, you know, really thank God and just kick back. I really try not to do nothing, you know, nothing at all. <laughs> understand completely uh let the people know what you got coming up anything happening in the city uh, a lot of our fans and our listeners are coming in for the canelo alvarez fight in the t-mobile arena it's going to be the first fight there it's on may 7th and we also have memorial day coming up any special plans that you are coordinating already for that well always i have uh, any accommodations that that anybody's going to need at all the top spots uh dre's um, uh, you know, Cal, uh, the Hard Rock, anything, you know, any of the top brands, the Marquee, uh, Omnia, you know, strip clubs, anything like that, you know, and, and mainly for those things, I try to just, uh, like I say, if I don't have a, uh, an event or, or a, a club a book through me, then I always have, you know, my transportation. And then it's always just cool people coming to town, man, and they hit me up when they get here. So until it gets a little bit closer, then it's kind of hard to, to judge because I haven't, you know, I got so many clients that come to town that, um, you know, it could just be a night of two, I don't have an event, but I have clients in town who are popping bottles. And, you know, for example, you know, I get some football players in town and, and you know, sometimes we might just go to the club and just pop 20 or 30 bottles. You know, I might have, a, I had a client one time come to town on the fight weekend. Uh, you know, he went to the strip club and threw up, 27, 30,000, you know, so everything is not about, oh, I have a big party planned, but as far as that weekend, no, I have nothing like that planned, but, you know, it's always still going to be fabulous, so if anybody needs anything coming to Vegas, contact me, and, uh, yeah, we'll make your experience uh, a time of your life, you know what I mean? Definitely, drop all, all your information again so people can find you, social media, websites, everything. You can find me at Sloop. Jones, S-L-O-O-P, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, I'm, I'm horrible on Twitter, uh, uh, Vegas, V-E-G-A-S, Sloop, S-L-O-O-P, uh, Instagram, Sloop Jones, or you can go to my website, uh, which is, uh, it would have my direct phone number, VegasRapCamp.com, that's V-E-G-A-S-R-A-P-C-A-M-P.com. Thanks for joining us on the show this week. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You're welcome anytime. I uh, can't wait to have you on again. Everybody, once again, Sloop Jones, running Las Vegas. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.